Welcome to the Illuminated Word Podcast. In this podcast, we take a reading from Scripture each day. We look at the background material to that passage and also application for us. Once again, welcome to the Illuminated Word Podcast. Welcome to the Thursday edition of the Illuminated Word Podcast. I'm David McLean, and I hope that all of you listening had a wonderful Christmas, a great New Year's, just a just a good holiday overall, and I hope that you are all uh, eagerly looking forward to a new year and, and already praying for uh, the things that God is going to do this year. We have to believe that He is going to move and He's going to do some some good things, uh, not only in our, our in our world and in our nation, but but in our backyards, you know, in in Dothan and in our church. Uh, you know, I hope we're praying for those things already, praying that we can see God move and, and God work in some incredible ways in 2021. Our reading today is going to come from Isaiah chapter 66, starting in verse 15. It says, See, the Lord is coming with fire, and his chariots are like a whirlwind. He will bring down his anger with fury and his rebuke with flames of fire. For with fire and with his sword, the Lord will execute judgment on all people, and many will be those slain by the Lord. Those who consecrate and purify themselves to go into the gardens following one who is among those who eat the flesh of pigs, rats, and other unclean things. They will meet their end together with the one they follow, declares the Lord. And I, because of what they have planned and done, am about to come and gather the people of all nations and languages, and they will come and see my glory. I will set a sign among them, and I will send some of those who survived to the nations, to Tarshish, to the Libyans, and to the Lydians, famous as archers, to Tubal and Greece and to the distant islands that have not yet heard of my fame or seen my glory. They will proclaim my glory among the nations, and they will bring all your people from all the nations to my holy mountain in Jerusalem as an offering to the Lord, on horses and chariots and wagons and on mules and camels, says the Lord. They will bring them as the Israelites bring their grain offerings to the temple of the Lord and ceremonially clean vessels. And I will select some of them also to be priests and Levites, says the Lord. As the new heavens and the new earth that I will make will endure before me, declares the Lord, so will your name and descendants endure. From one new moon to another, and from one Sabbath to another, all mankind will come and bow down before me, says the Lord. And they will go out and look on the dead bodies of those who rebelled against me. The worms that eat them will not die, and the fire that burns them will not be quenched, and they will be loathsome to all mankind. And so... This is the last chapter in Isaiah, and this chapter really is a fitting climax to the book. It tells us that God will lift up the humble. He will judge all people. Uh, He's going to destroy the wicked and bring all believers together and establish uh, the new heavens and the new earth. Of course, this is something that that should encourage us uh, as we go through things in our lives, as we go through uh, trials and, and struggles, when we see injustices in our world to know that that ultimately uh, justice will prevail, God will judge all, and that there will be a new heaven and a new earth, and we will spend eternity with Him. You know, you go back to to verse the first few verses in, in chapter sixty six, uh, you see that, that really in verse two and three, if we roll back a little bit, uh, my hand made all these things, and so they came into being, and I will look favorably on all this kind of person, one who is humble, submissive in spirit, and trembles. At my word, these two verses really summarize Isaiah's message. He contrasted two ways of living, uh, that is, the of the humble person who has a uh, just a profound reverence for God's messages and their uh, and living them out in their life, 
And then there are those who choose their own way. Uh, the sacrifices of the arrogant, they, they really were uh, only done uh, as, as an outward show to those around them. Because their hearts were, uh, they were murderers and they were, uh, idolaters. And of course we know that God shows mercy to the humble and he curses the proud. And that's something that carries over in uh, Luke chapter 1. See, our society urges us to, to be assertive and to affirm ourselves. Sometimes we can let that freedom and that right to choose lead us away from God's path. And God's path that he's laid out for us to eternal life. Uh, that, you know, just because we can doesn't mean we should. But that God will lift up the humble. Um, and so there are two paths, as we know, that we can choose to live when it comes to how we interact with others, how we love others. Um, you know, and as you go through the next verses, next several verses of chapter 66, you see this uh, this image of birth, uh, that God shows that he will accomplish what he has promised. Um, it's as unstoppable as the birth of a baby. Uh, and when, just like a birth of a baby, when all the pain is over, then the joy begins. And you get to what we just read, starting in verse 15. See, he's painting a, this vivid picture of of the judgment that will occur at Christ's second coming. And he, he talks about Tarshish and, and Libyans and all that, but these are the people that would go out as missionaries uh, to all parts uh, of the earth. Uh, Tarshish was probably in, in southern Spain. Libya was west of Egypt in North Africa. Lydia was in um, Western Asia Minor, which is modern Western Turkey. And Tobal was in eastern Asia Minor near the Black Sea in what is today uh, northeastern Turkey. Uh, all those will be on the test. Hope you study them and memorize them. Uh, no, uh, seriously, what, what is the point? Well, all of these together with Greece and the distant islands represent the farthest reaches of the earth. The point is that God will send out his missionaries to all the world with the news of his glory. Uh, this is the, the promise of hope. This is the encouragement. Uh, he goes into uh, you know, verse 21. We've got these... Um, who are these priests and Levites? You know, some say that uh, these uh, were Jews that were brought by Gentiles as an offering to the Lord. Others say that they were the Gentiles who brought those Jews. Perhaps a picture of the largely Gentile church leading Jewish people to faith in Christ. In, in ancient Israel, only male Levites uh, descended from Aaron could be priests. But God is promising that one day all could become priests. Today, all of us who are Christ followers, we are priests who can come directly to the Lord. And this was uh, a very bold prophecy in, uh, for Isaiah to tell the Jewish nation that one day uh, salvation is going to belong to all, that you know everyone can be uh, a priest. Uh, you know, it's kind of earth-shattering, if you will. Uh, I mean, because according to the law, only Israelites could serve in the temple. But Isaiah tells them that, uh, that there's going to be people from... Uh, pagan nations that are going to become priests and Levites in the Lord's house. Uh, these people could be understood as, as faithful Israelites who had lived dispersed among the nations for many years, but, but more likely Isaiah saw God giving non-Israelites in his kingdom equality with Israelite believers. And that seems, you know, duh to us because we live in a time where we are afforded uh, that right, we're afforded, you know, the opportunity to be a part of God's kingdom. Um, but in this time, in this age, you know, when the Jews, to say that a, that a non-Jew was going to be equal in the kingdom, man, uh, just really powerful prophecies. 
Uh, all right, so you get down to verse 24. And what is these worms will not die and fire will not be quenched? Well, what is that? Well, Jesus quotes this uh, in Mark chapter 9, verse 48, as a reference to hell. And then the phrase, and they will go out, may mean going outside Jerusalem to the city dump where decay was continually in progress and fires were continually smoldering. Uh, This dump became a picture of hell. And so the images of the worms not dying and the fire not being quenched are Isaiah's way of saying that as the worship of believers is everlasting, so is the punishment of those who rebelled uh, against God. Isaiah brings his book to a close with, with kind of dramatically. Uh, for the faithless, there is a sobering portrayal of judgment. But for the faithful, there is this glorious picture of rich reward. And he says, so your offspring and your name will endure. And the contrast is very striking. Uh, so striking that it would seem that everyone would want to be God's follower. But we're often just as rebellious, foolish, and, and reluctant to, to change just like the Israelites were. Um, we are just as negligent in feeding the hungry, working for justice, obeying God's word, and taking up you know, God's causes. So we need to make sure that we are among those who will be richly blessed. You know, I would say the book of Isaiah kind of ends on a negative note, but the ending is really a realistic, sober look at, at what a terrible mistake it is for people to reject God's offer of eternal life. Um, you know, again, these worms and this fire is a way of saying that there will be no chance to turn back from this fate. Worms and fire are agents of destruction. So those who show no interest in eternal life will not be forced to receive it, but they will have the consequence of their choices. For Isaiah and other Old Testament prophets, God was clearly a God of both judgment and salvation. You know, and they knew nothing of salvation that, that didn't involve judgment. In fact, they saw God's judgment as a sign that he cared enough to save his people. And so the Bible describes judgment for sin in various ways. You know, it's a place of fire, as we see in Mark chapter 9, in darkness, which is Matthew 8. It is a, a sentence pronounced by the righteous judge. It is harvesting what you have sown. It is separation from God. So Isaiah uh, pictures God as a mighty warrior riding a chariot and destroying his enemies with fire and a sword. The message is clear. God does not ignore sinners. He punishes them. And it surely refers to the final judgment of God at the end of the world when sinners will be separated from God. Um, But it may also point to a cycle of judgment that continues uh, throughout history. Nations fall from power, defeated for their injustices. But, but God's judgment in both instances is shown to be devastating. You know, and what does this mean for us? Well, I'd like to boil it down to this. We need to make sure we're on the right side. Uh, we need to make sure we're not so wrapped up in what's going on around us that we lose sight of, of God's mission. As I'm recording this right now, uh, there, is, there is just some insanity going on at the Capitol. And no, I'm not that old, I'm 36 years of age, ripe and old, but I never thought in my lifetime I would see something like that. That's something you see in a movie. And to watch that, and then also to watch the response of people on social media, justifying these actions, and and, and still calling this God's work, and, and it's just like, we have lost sight of who we are, who we belong to, our identity. 
that we will gladly sacrifice the call to be peacemakers in the name of politics. And I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm really disturbed. If I seem like I'm kind of mumbling through this a little bit, I really am disturbed by what I've seen the last couple of hours. Uh, it's really heavy on my heart right now. And so, you know, I, I, I hope that something that was said for the, the treatment of Isaiah 66 was a blessing. But really what I want to do right now is I just want to take a moment to pray, uh, to, to, to pray to God for, for what is happening in our country right now. It's happening um, at the Capitol. And I hope that we all take the time today to just get on our knees and, and ask God to intervene in some some way. Uh, you, you know, it seems like we've it seems like we spent the last 12 months saying, you know, well after X happens, then things will get better. And we're waiting for things to get better, you know. And as you know, after the election, maybe things will get better. And after, you know, just fill in the blank. After something, gets, it just seems like things are getting worse, and people are just acting out in ways that. Yeah, I don't, like I said, I, I felt like when I was watching the the coverage, what was happening, I felt like I was watching a movie. Um, <laughs> I thought it was like uh, Olympus has fallen or something, waiting for Gerard Butler to come out carrying the president. It, it, it's shocking, it really is shocking. So I just want to take a, a moment to to pray to end our podcast together. Uh, so if you would uh, uh, join me, Father, we we don't know exactly what to say. We don't know the words. <sighs> When we see what we see on our televisions and on our computer screens and our phone screens, Father, we see what's happening in our nation's capital. The, the pain, the hurt, the anger. To see the words being shared on social media from uh, those that we sit in church and worship with uh, each Sunday. To see their pain and their hurt and their anger. Uh, so much so that they justify destruction they justify rioting. Father, we pray for peace. I don't know how that comes. I don't know what that looks like. We know that you know. We know that you can work in mighty ways. Father, remind us, help us to remember that you are the judge. And that even when things don't go our way, when when things are, are bleak and dark, that you are the judge that sits on the throne. That you are the judge who will strike down your enemies. That you lift up the humble, oppose the proud. Help us, Father, to be the humble. Help us to be peacemakers. Help us, God, to love our neighbor. We have forgotten love. Love is is the last thing on our minds right now, it seems like. Help us, God, to love. Help us to serve. Help us to be the ones on our hands and knees washing uh, the feet of those who would dare to to hurt us, to slander us. Help us, God, to just be the church right now, to be the church in a in a world, in a country that so desperately needs to know the love of God and not the anger and, and hatred of politics. Give us peace, Father. Give us courage to stand when others won't. We love you, God. We thank you for all that we have. We thank you for all the blessings in our life. And it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. I hope you have a blessed week. I hope that you are seeking ways to be a blessing to others around you as well. So until next time.